0: Are you ready to take your mindset to an even higher level on and off the mat? Then you're ready for the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast, where business owners and aspiring entrepreneurs open their minds to new ideas and concepts that will help you during your entrepreneurial journey and during your consistent pursuit of becoming the best version of yourself personally and professionally. It's time to go beyond the map with the host of the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast, Gustavo Dantas.
1: Welcome to episode 71. I'm your host, Gustavo Dantas, and today I interview Jiu-Jitsu and Judo Black Belt, Michael Zenga. Michael is the co-founder of BJJ Fanatics, a premier source for instructional digital videos and DVDs in the world. I mentioned during the interview that it was the second time we talked about fanatics in the podcast. The first time was on episode number six when I interviewed the IBJJF Hall of Fame competitor, Bernardo Faria, who is his business partner. Great episode. Check it out when you have a chance. He talked about the importance of customer service. He shared about his habit of being curious, which means always seeking knowledge. And my takeaway from the interview came when we talked about security in your professional career which inspired me to title this episode, Sharpening Your Skills for Security. Stick around for my final thoughts after the interview when I share with you three factors that can determine your professional success and financial security. Stay tuned right after jiu Tribe's message. Uss. The BJJ Mental Coach Podcast is a proud supporter of the nonprofit organization jiu Tribe, formerly Live Jiu-Jitsu jiu Tribe supports social projects who offer free jujitsu classes to unprivileged children and young adults in impoverished communities, inspiring, impacting, and improving their lives, keeping them away from drugs and crime, creating hope, and creating champions on and off the mats. Your donation helps projects to pay for their monthly expenses and facility makeovers. As a supporter, the BJJ Metal Coach donate all the profit of all online courses and merchandise to jiu Tribe, For more information, please visit www.jujutsutribe.org. Let me introduce you to today's guest, Michael Zenga. Michael is a black belt in jiu-jitsu as well as judo. He is the co-founder of VJJ Fanatics, the premier source for instructional digital videos and DVDs in the world, where their mission is to bring the best competitors and coaches on earth and bring their wisdom to you. VJJ Fanatics also offers training gear and apparel, Michael is married and proud father of two children Michael welcome to the podcast
2: thank you so much Gustavo it's an honor to be here
1: great and that is the second time we're gonna talk about GJ fanatics since we have Bernardo here on episode 6 for people <laughs> who been following the podcast for a long time the, the hardcore listeners who listen to 71 episodes now with this one here so it's number 6 so people who don't know uh, or, or maybe have haven't had a chance to listen to all of them, but just go to number six. It's titled Obsessed for Success. So great to have you here. And how did you just show up in your life, martial arts in general?
2: Well, as a kid, um, my dad got me into boxing. So I think at about eight or nine years old, that was my, that, that was what I really, what I was into more on and off and throughout high school. That that was just what i did that's what he and i kind of bonded over that's what we talked about and um th- that's that's what i felt more comfortable doing i i messed around with some some ball sports i was okay but i always felt a little better doing the individual sports well, the fighting sports i find that kids either gravitate towards soccer football basketball and uh baseball or they do uh, they're the martial art kind of guys or they're into science or they're into uh or they're into music or whatever, and I just I just always felt better with the with the fighting sports. I, I messed around with some karate, with some boxing, and then when I, I remember watching the first night of the UFC and thinking, oh wow, that's pretty cool. I'd like to I'd like to try that. And I think a lot of people had that reaction to it, and that got me into jujitsu. And that that happened about the time that I was in college, and I messed around with it, but there just weren't many schools. And then after college, I moved kind of away from where the school was and sort of got away from jujitsu for a little bit. Um, but then back when I got after, shortly after I got married, um, looking for something fun to do. And I started, I kind of went into it full blast. I started taking up judo and jitsu at the same time, right around the late twenties, as I was turning 30 kind of thing. And, um, I just stuck with it. I, I wish the world worked out where I was able to get into it a lot harder 10 years earlier. It just wasn't really an option country at that point
1: yeah and how do you feel jiu-jitsu relate to life
2: i feel it relates to life in a lot of ways i mean i think a lot of people i I think that jiu-jitsu has taught a lot of the practitioners that if you really love something that you're really going to push ahead hard with it and most of the people if you go to jiu-jitsu classes they love it i mean you look at people who play uh, chess tennis they play chess or tennis but if you do jujitsu eight times out of 10, that's your profile picture. You can be, you can be an older person and then, but it doesn't matter. You're in your gi and your social media profile picture. It's, it's really just people seem to love jujitsu more than, more than they seem to be passionate about other things. And I think that that, what that's taught me and what I think what that's taught a lot of people is that when you really love your passion, you do better at it and try to find things that you really love to do.
1: Now, when did you have the spark to start building Fanatics? How was the how was the process? How long ago was it when you let's say the, when the ideas start cooking?
2: So I had messed around with some some ideas with making videos. Um, I, I was a, I've been a fan of the sport all along, and um, I remember in two thousand thirteen, I saw that Keenan was an up and coming video uh, person, and I said, you know what? wouldn't it be cool if he had an, an instructional video? I'd love to learn from him. Uh, how hard could this be? And I hired a video guy. We made one video and we ended up selling a lot of them together. And uh, he didn't know what he was doing. I certainly didn't know what I was doing. He put some faith in me and we worked together and I'll always be thankful to him for that. And um, we did that. And the, I, and then I ended up making, um, I made a video with Dean Lister. Keenan had introduced me to him and just sort of muddled along. It was like a cool way to make a little bit extra money. I'm here meeting these guys who are my heroes and I'm learning something from them in the process. And it's almost like kind of a, a cool side story. Hey, I made a little bit extra money, paid for a trip out to San Diego and I got to keep something on top of it and just muddled along making a few videos here and there, but it wasn't really a, um, an idea to do anything big. I, I have some other stuff that I do in my life. I, uh, I have a, um, I have a, construction school i have a a gun safety school and i have a um a real estate school and those have those have just been floating around um, well they're established here in massachusetts and they're pretty hands-off businesses and it allowed me the, the freedom to go do some other stuff and but it was never really meant to be anything what it's, like what it's become when i was first starting out like, this thing was a complete accident by any any stretch
1: so yeah it was just kind of really organic the way it grew right so now when was the how was the mindset when you guys decided you know what let's pick it up here let's try to take this to another level
2: i think maybe the fourth or fifth video i was watching people online and i'm an older guy and i saw it was bernardo was going against this really athletic black belt the kind of guy that would have tore me up and at that time uh i'll tell you even tell you it was dj jackson who
0: mm-hmm.
2: was just an athletic guy and I mean, he just he'd be a nightmare for almost every jiu-jitsu black belt and i watched the video and bernardo's a five-time world champion it's in the gi, and bernardo was able to it was i think it was an open class he didn't even tap dj but he was able to really control him from the half guard and i said wow i mean this is these are some great techniques and i would love to learn from him and so I reached out with him to him and he ended up coming up. I ended up hosting a seminar. He ended up doing a video with another company. He didn't end up taking my offer. And, um, and we really hit it off on that, on that, uh, trip. And I remember he, uh, we stayed up. I was showing him how we should be using uh, social media for his, uh, for his own like seminar business. Cause he was making a lot of his extra money because he was working as an instructor at, at Marcelo's. And Marcel was paying him well, but he was making even more doing seminars on the weekends, uh, just flying different places. And I said to him, you should really try to up your social media presence. And he said, Oh, that sounds like a good idea. Do you know how to do it? And I didn't really, I knew maybe a little bit more than him, but not a ton. And we, um, he started kind of taking my advice, whatever, a little bit more than him I knew. And then, uh, we started talking more and more. I started making some trips down to see him in, uh, in New York and he would give me lessons and I would talk to him about so what's going on in my business. And we started to become friendlier. And we, we started to say, you know what, wouldn't, wouldn't it be cool if we did something together here? And we, we came up and we started selling a bunch of stuff. We were selling people's geese online. We were, we, we sold some videos too. And we, at one point said, I think we only like selling videos. This is seemed to be what we enjoyed doing more. And we, we threw ourselves deeper into that rabbit hole, and now it's it's just grown and grown and grown.
1: Yeah, just tell us a little bit, and we're gonna talk more at the end. Also, like what's exciting uh, coming up, but we do have a lot of people that still new in the community don't know much about companies or brands, or we're not. Yes. But uh, so, where where is BGG Fanatics at? I know that you guys are doing incredible, man. Uh, really, really, and so just yeah, just share. With us, where are you guys at right now, as a company? So I,
2: yeah, we're, we're it's kind of funny. So I, I'm actually, so the right now that we're, when we're talking, it's September 26th. ADCC starts on September 28th. I was at some point today. I'm going to make a post uh, wishing luck to all of our competitors and there's 75 male competitors across five weight classes, I believe that's what, or maybe it's a little more, maybe it is actually, no, it's 80. We have 34 of them have made videos with us. Wow. So I, I think that by aggregating all of, uh, all the talents onto one site, we have, uh, a, we have a lot of customers and we, we do get pretty good ratings on our customer service and we're, we're just everywhere online. And I think, um, because we've been able to develop such great relationships with so many excellent competitors and coaches, I think that's been the key to it.
1: Yeah, and I think what is brilliant too. I was talking with someone yesterday, matter of fact, about this that Bernardo has been doing. Of course, you know, and you guys are working together, but like he's been doing with his his Instagram and his social media is using the content of other people. That means bringing structures. Just for a move we're yep. not and doesn't matter if he's famous he's not but everyone has their own little tribe that their followers yep. and every time he put a video that's new followers that maybe didn't know about jj fanatics that are starting to become more aware of it like oh wow i didn't even know this guy you know not everyone knows everything's going on with the scene so the compound effect of that is just uh, of course every month you know, people are being more and more aware of Gigi Fanatics, and I think this is uh, has been huge from what I noticed. You know, growing his social media, and it's a great strategy for people out there. There a lot of people mention about this this type of uh, approach, which is in some some way I kind of do a little bit too with the podcast because I'm interviewing people, I'm bringing in different crowds of of followers of different um, business owners or athletes or whatnot so this is a great strategy that uh, has been working right sounds like for
2: for 100 for sure so i mean i think when we've talked at the very beginning you said bernardo's he was your sixth episode what was the title of it obsessed for something
1: yeah obsessed for success
2: (laughs) so uh, you know, that would carry the power of understatement. Uh, Bernardo is the hardest working person you're ever going to meet, ever. I've never once met anyone. and He's also, at some level, he ends up becoming the best at everything he does. So he was an incredible competitor. I think if you were to figure it out, he's probably one of the top ten guys ever to, to step on a mat in terms of his accomplishments. Um, he's And now he's just thrown himself into uh, – learning internet marketing the exact same way. And he also has a way when he brings people on his, uh, to his YouTube videos, I mean, and he's there being a five-time world champion and he's talking to some kind of sometimes some some uh, not so extraordinary black belts and the case in point would be me and every single person that he, that he brings on he makes them feel like the world champion. And I mean, he's he's genuinely listened to them, and he does a great job. And the and the reason why he makes them feel that way is because he genuinely is. He'll always say to me, "You know what? I do half guard this way. I'm not telling you it's the best way in the world. I'm telling you it's this is what has worked for me, and I want to share that. But if someone has a better idea, I'm more than open to it."
1: Great. Now, changing gears a little bit here, shifting gears. So, what did you say is the worst entrepreneurial experience that you ever had, and what did you learn from it?
2: I'll tell you that. So I, it was something I even had a little measure of success with. I, um, I was developing real estate and while the market was going up, I was, um, I was making some pretty good money. And then, um, we did some construction business. We uh, were, I, t- I took the extra capacity I had from buying real estate and, and I had some guys working and they were doing construction on people's homes and businesses and that sort of thing. And what I found was that it was just, for me, it was the most unenjoyable way to make a living in the world. I mean, especially around real estate um, is always just so much. Everyone's so on edge because everyone's literally taking out 10 times as much money as they have to, to buy a house or to buy an apartment. And they're just, the nerves, are just. they're making people become who they're not. Like there's, oh my goodness, the, the molding's a little crooked to here. Look, look at this over here. I'm I'm going to stop payment from the bank. And it was just constantly like, I found myself just always nervous. Oh no, what's going to happen now? And I've said, you know, a much lower stress way would be to get into running these schools. I mean, because you're instead of selling people homes that are worth hundreds of thousands of dollars and everyone's on edge, I'd much rather do a lot of little sales where, I mean, it's a couple hundred bucks to take one of our courses. No one's really that upset. If someone's really upset, you give them their money back. And from that, that sort of morphed into this business here. And this is the happiest business in the world. I mean, we're teaching people how to get better at their favorite hobby. And I mean, we take our customer service really really serious. But what I tell our guy who's in charge of customer service, he always laughs is that, we got to remember one thing here. We're not saving lives. So if someone calls and they say they have this incredibly important issue, there's really no incredibly important issue in mm-hmm. anything that we do. Mm-hmm. I mean, if someone's shipping is taking a little bit too long, <laughs> we can send them another one. Uh, this, th- th- no, there's no life or death here. If someone said, you know, I, I I bought this instead of buying food for my family, well, then you made a very dumb decision. You should have yeah. bought food for your family. This is uh, This is a secondary thing that allows you to enjoy your favorite hobby. And while, while we really appreciate your business, and we're going to do everything to make you happy. Let's not make it more important than it really is.
1: Now, what, and we we're talking earlier uh, before the podcast animation, how we have all kinds of listeners um, for the other podcasts. We have people who are entrepreneurs, people who are in transition. And we're talking how sometimes people, think about the security and then not necessarily nowadays means that you work in a company and you have your benefits and everything that you are actually uh, secure and safe and sometimes entrepreneurship can be even safer than the the perception of the the safety that you know the society has about having a solid business and everything yeah i
2: would say this that no one is just secure in a company because for the sake of being secure. I mean, I, yeah. there's probably some examples of where they are, uh, but f- for instance, I know that being a toll booth operator, the person who took change in the highway I mean, 15 years ago was a very secure job. These people had pensions and you just don't, it's not really a job anymore. Um, what I find is that you get security in your skills, if you can keep your skills abreast it doesn't matter if you work for yourself or you work for a company there's going to be a lot of demand for you and i think that the uh, i think that the statistics would back it up i think that unemployment among college educated people in the u.s is very very low it's lower than the average it's lower than three percent whereas almost all the unemployment is happening from people that are not college educated and from there if you're going to go update your skills to I mean, if you can do any type of nursing or computer work in the U.S. these days, you're almost guaranteed to be making a pretty good living. So I I think that whether you do it for yourself or whether you do it for a company, the key is having the skills that are in demand for employment. Because with employment, it's not always about your passion. It's about providing for yourself and your family. And if you have the skills that are needed and you can trade those. For money, then you can go You can go from there. You'll pretty much always be secure. And it's not really o- off, always that hard to develop the skills that you need.
1: Yeah, no, I agree 100%. I really like what he said. Security is securing in your skills. And I feel that some people, I don't know, they still sometimes have a little bit of, a, I don't know if a mental block, or say, or sometimes some resistance to it. You Understand that you definitely... In control of like okay first what do you want want to be good at and let's say how competent even the book the art of learning they talk about this how competent would you like to be in the skills that you're developing now it's up to you if you want to be mediocre just put a little a little time and that's when it gets back to Bernardo I remember during the interview that he said I put my the same work ethic that I had in competition to learn online marketing to learn other things that I had no idea and I feel that this is definitely the the difference and he comes with a really cool story too very very common and when especially when he was coming up like 18 19 that decision do I go to college or this and that and yes. the parents are not very happy with the decision of him pursuing jiu-jitsu because they need it now one one brother I think was doctor the other one is an engineer and then suddenly there's a jiu-jitsu guy you know so but um he made it happen because he really focused on developing his skills and yes definitely took where he's at and now it's helping of course you two together developing and same thing some of the skills that you did not have with the online marketing that you guys had at some point put all the work and now the the it's paying off
2: yeah, for a hundred percent for sure. I think what you put into it is what, what you're gonna get out of it. And it it's definitely a question that effort almost always translates into results. I would say that I would say that pretty universally.
1: Yes. So what would you say is a one high performance habit that you have that has helped you in jiu jitsu in life? Something that you practice daily.
2: I'd say curiosity. I, I try to read a lot. I try to and it's not always something that's structured. I don't say, I'm going to read this. I'm going to read that. I read a lot on the internet. I try to, I keep pretty abreast of politics. I probably know more about sports than I really should. <laughs> but um, I always try to read new articles. I always try to be curious. I, 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 sp- I spend recklessly on my own education. I, I take a lot of classes and if I, I if I add up with that cost, it's, it's pretty irresponsible, but at the same time, how is there a better investment that you can make than in your own skills? What we talked about earlier. So I I'm taking a class, I just got accepted into it. It's it's a lot of money to take the class. And um, but at the same time that it's that's gonna translate into Hopefully, me being a better person, being a better manager, being able to see the world differently. I'm taking, uh, I'm, I'm taking a class at Harvard Business School next summer, and I mean it's fifteen thousand dollars for five days, but I really believe that that's gonna help. I believe that'll be a great payoff. I mean, if you look at what you what you make on investments these days, um, I mean, I think in a in a perfect world you. Return investment returns are going to be under 10% going forward under 10% per year. Would you make better than 10% of the return on on investment by by taking a class on those skills? I I would think so.
1: Yeah, man, I agree 100%. I personally I'm, I'm not like really big into uh, buying you know, new toys and spending money this and that. But one thing that I don't mind doing and I do often sometimes I do kind of drive my wife crazy with investing in my knowledge something that you know she was like how much you going to pay for that (laughs) so (laughs) but I uh, it's one of the things like again I got to do it and there's one time I was listening to Tim Ferriss and he said something he said uh, there's nothing more profitable than knowledge you know no one's going to take that knowledge away from you what are you going to do with that that's up to you but sure. No one's going to take that knowledge from you. And uh, some people may say, Yeah, Michael, I, I don't have 15 grand, man, to invest. So, Gustavo, I don't right. have. But, well, number one, I feel that people underestimate the concept of investing time. There's so much free content. People get free content from JJ Fanatics all the time. I mean, their moves and sure. stuff like that, yeah, there's free content right there.
2: Or if you look at, um, I was talking to Bernardo yesterday about uh, Bernardo at this point is not good for an athlete, a former athlete as being like into data and marketing. He's good for a data marketing person. And he met or he was at a conference yesterday. and met a really elite person and he said, hey, how can I get more knowledge on this one topic? And the guy said, oh, go to a site called Udemy, U-D-E-M-Y. Mm-hmm. If you look at most of Udemy's yes. courses, they're 15 bucks. Yeah. And I mean, not everyone has $15,000, but everybody's got 15 bucks. And if you so, it's it's almost like in this world we don't have the right to complain about not having access to knowledge. I mean, it's there, and you can use, and you don't have to in day one go ahead and take a fifteen thousand dollar class, but you can show up and take a fifteen dollar class. And the the funny thing is that the level of results that you're going to get from the fifteen dollar class versus the fifteen thousand dollar class, maybe the fifteen thousand dollar class you get a little bit more, but it's not that much. If I was smart, I should probably be doing. I should probably be doing a Udemy class right after we get off the phone. I mean, there's so much knowledge there in this world. We don't have a problem of not having enough knowledge in this world. It's all out there, and it's all very easy to get.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I've done some of the Udemy courses too, and again, invest in the time. in That even it's like 15 bucks, but there are so. Many. So many free courses that at least can open your mind to eventually start getting involved with maybe a, a higher price ticket or something like that. But I still think that a lot of people underestimate the power of books and audiobooks. That when you think about it, it's like 20, I don't know how much book, $20 or $30. And the amount of knowledge you can get. And I always mention here in a, pod, in a podcast that maybe try to build the habit of reading at least 10 pages per day. So if you read 10 pages per day with a compound effect at the end of the year, you have read 3,650 pages. That equals about 15 to 20 books, depending on the books. Man, you can make such a massive improvement in your life from 15 to 20 solid books. That's incredible.
2: Yeah. No, if you start off, if you start reading 15 to 20 books a year and you started doing started doing one push-up a day to the point where now you're doing five and then you're doing ten and it's amazing the the uh, the concept of compound interest doesn't just go to financial things so it goes to anything that you do anything that you do that you have the discipline to sustain consistency is always the key
1: yes so what would you say is the best advice you've ever received any area it doesn't have to be martial arts, business, anything that pops so in your mind.
2: I took, a, I did a, um, I did some graduate education, and I, I wrote my thesis on the American investor Warren Buffett. At that point in time, I thought I want to go into investments, and I decided at some point that I didn't. But I studied him a lot, and I ended up doing a graduate thesis. And by far and away, the best advice that I ever saw him him give was, your reputation takes a lifetime to to earn and it takes about it takes a minute to lose it and it, i think that this is that's been the number one that's been the number one thing that's ever driven bjj fanatics so we i look at it, we have two levels of customers and we're going to take care of both of them but at, at all costs we're going to take care of the people who buy from us so basically i can tell you that I give our customer service people, and I got this from Tim Ferriss too. That anything up to a hundred bucks, as long as we're dealing with someone who isn't obviously trying to rip us off and they're not being belligerent, do anything you can to make them happy. I mean, if if it's anything up to a hundred bucks or even more, don't you don't even have to ask me about it. Just do it. Do anything you can do to make them happy, because we're, what we want to do is we want to make money from them and their friends over. The, over their lifetime. And the way to do that is to make sure that they're very happy with every single buying experience they have. And I from all of the buyer surveys that we've had, we, we get very high marks because of the efforts there. The second is with the fighters. Um, we're going to try to do everything we can to, to pay them well, to, to take great care of them while, while they're, uh, while we work with them. and, and I, uh, one thing you don't see is there's not any high profile like, oh, screw you, screw you, that type of thing. We, we're always going to take care of everything on a very high level and, and, try, to, and try to make it so that they're happy. Because we, we need, if we can keep the buyer experience and the fighter experience, we can give them both great experiences, we're going to do well. Because the fighters who are, who are their friends, other great fighters, and they're going to tell them about how, how great we are to work with. And hopefully the, the end buyer. So that that's by far and away the number one bit of uh, a bit of advice. The best advice that I've ever gotten is guard your reputation at all costs, and do anything you can to keep uh, to keep that at the highest levels.
1: What advice would you give to the younger your younger version when you started BJJ Fanatics? Which means if you if you could have go back and have a conversation with your younger. Self. not that you want anything different, yeah. but say like, "Hey, from what you've learned," say like, "Hey, just watch this, watch that." Maybe what would you, what advice would you give to your younger version?
2: Something Bernardo told me yesterday, and we told it when he, when he said it. I almost felt like yelling at him because I said I was going to say, "I wish you told me this a lot earlier." But it's it's it made so much sense to me, and I'm sure he did tell it to me, and I just ignored it. But what he said is that you can dream big or you can dream small, but it's exactly the same amount of work to dream big as it is to dream small. So you might as well dream big. I am, or I'm paraphrasing him. He said it a lot more eloquently than
1: that, mm-hmm.
2: but I, I, I do believe in that, that it, you might as well dream big.
1: Nice.
2: Cause I said, uh, like when I told you when BJ fanatics first started out, this was never meant to be what it became. I wish I envisioned this whole huge thing at the, the, the beginning. Why didn't I? I, I was comfortable. Hey, I have these schools. I make good money. I get to do what I want. I get to, but why, why didn't I think of something bigger? And I think at at this point now I am thinking of something bigger.
1: And that is super important, even for people who are listening and do have business partners. So both are in aligned with the same vision, you know, because yes. one might be thinking too big and I, I have personally experienced that as soon as I mentioned that I just came like, boom, just triggered, uh, something in my mind real quick that I've lived on that and that's exactly what I said like man I never thought it was gonna be this big like oh what do you mean you know I yeah. I thought this was gonna be but anyway so I think it's important like even having this realization so get the you guys even more connected you know like that for is sure. absolutely right so this is a, a great little thing little tip for anyone who has business partner to make sure that you you both are, are aligned
2: the other thing too, and I've done a great job of this: get business partners that are smarter than you. Get business partners yes. that can do things that that you can't do. That that drive you. That have that that are able to to push you to places that you didn't even think of.
1: Yeah, just bring a different yeah. toolbox of like skill sets to uh, for sure the table. And now, what is some what a book that you recommend? Maybe something that a book that made an impact. At a certain moments, oh yeah, it doesn't matter what type. Could it be business? Could it be personal development? But a book that stood out for you and um, why?
2: I read uh, I read a lot of books. Let me think. I, I liked. Uh, we talked about Tim Ferriss. I liked. Uh, I liked his books a lot. Um, it, the the four hour work week, I yeah. thought was excellent. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's some great parts to that, and there's some uh, there, there's some other parts that that are not perfect, but but that that really I thought was was an ex, was excellent. Um, I'm looking at any of the books on Warren Buffett's life. I thought were were just terrific. Any any of the biographies on him. Um, it, it really what that talks about is just free thinking and guarding your your reputation and sort of working about what works and um, anything that when you I, I like e-commerce and so anything that you can read on e-commerce that sort of takes you down a hole of how things work if you want to sell things online it's never going to be it's always going to be. Charlie Munger who's um Warren Buffett's business partner used to talk about the most important thing you have in your life when you think about how to solve problems are your mental models so what are the mental models that you have in your head that you use to solve problems because life's all about solving problems so the more knowledge you gather it's always an accumulation, just like with jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the best practitioners out there, they know more. And anything that you get, it's it's all it all aggregates. And it's all cumulative. So the more that you can read, I mean, when we talked about, I know you talked about reading 10 pages a day, okay? But just in talking to you, you're a very successful person. I, I can, without knowing, I don't think that you read 10 pages a day. I think you probably read a lot, lot more than that. Mm-hmm and the harder you can push yourself the better you're the the better you're going to do the better the results are going to be and it's hard i mean to go out there you're comp- you're competing against other people and the the better you can make your skills I mean, you can you sometimes you'll see people that are so good in jiu jitsu and you see them they're so good in jiu jitsu class and they'll be floundering a little bit in their life and you look at them and say if you put half the effort into the rest of your life that you're putting into jiu jitsu imagine where you'd be So, I mean, at the same time, I I think that reading 10 pages a day is great, but if you can read a hundred or a book a day, that's going to be better.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
2: So, I mean, like anything else, if if you, if you see how hard Bernardo works in a day, I mean, it's, it's not a question of whether he's going to have success in not, it's a question of how much success he's going to have. So you, you can erase all doubt simply through your work ethic.
1: For sure. And yeah, I normally read audiobooks and other forms of content. I'm not, I not even have actually own cable or anything like that. So even when I'm watching stuff, usually I'm watching like, it could be, I I like documentaries. I like to getting more knowledge. You know, that's something that is, man, I I watch me, watch some random stuff here and there, but I don't know. I just really like to utilize my time to get more information and
2: for sure, and I'm so in my job now is that I'm around a lot of the best athletes in grappling all the time, and the one commonality is how hard they work. It's it's scary how hard they work. Um, it's it's not really a secret when you see what some of these people do, that that how well how well they end up doing on the mat. Sometimes people say, "Oh, that person's lucky. That person's gifted." Maybe yes to some degree, but at least in a skill sport like jujitsu, I mean, it's almost always a function of how
1: much work they put in. Absolutely. Yeah. So getting close to the end of the interview, so if you're listening to the interview for the first time, always after the interview, I create a content from five to 12 minutes, which is basically my takeaway from the interview. So when I edit the interview, I go in and I reflect and I share a content to inspire, impact and improve your life in some way. It's always a, a challenge. This is episode 71, so people who have been listening to the podcast or hardcore listeners know that I always do my best to create a, a content, and content creation is not that simple, especially if you want to make a good ones, so I always make sure that I research. I already have an idea where I'm going with this one here, and I hope you guys enjoy, so make sure that you stick around after the interview. So, what are you currently excited about? What's going on? You mentioned a little bit about the BJJ Fanatics uh, and we mentioned we're at September 26, 2019. So what do you got going on?
2: So, I mean, we're, we're not just BJJ Fanatics anymore. I, I absolutely love jujitsu. I think what we're doing is we're taking our model and we're moving it into some other spaces. We, um, we're, we're starting to become very strong in Judo and wrestling. Uh, I think at at this point we probably sell more wrestling instructional[s] than other uh, any um other uh, company uh, out there. We had we had two guys who uh, who were in our library win worlds this year: Jaden Cox and Kyle Dake. We um, we had one of our j- judo guys just won uh, world Sagi Muki, and uh, so we just we we started we playing around with the idea of going into basketball. We just shot an instructional on how to. to jump higher with pat conaton of the um of of the milwaukee bucks and we're talking about doing some more stuff there so i think the whole idea to me what i learned is that i absolutely love jujitsu it's always going to be my first love and we're going to keep pushing ahead with it but what i really love is just meeting people who are passionate about anything that they do and um how can we push forward in more areas other than just jujitsu? So uh, first we started pushing into more areas of grappling and now we're going to get a little bit wider with more areas of sport.
1: Nice man. Yeah. I someone yeah. told me about that yesterday. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, uh, it's amazing. Some of the, uh, and it's in a way it's very different than what the jitsu athletes do, but in, in a lot of ways it's just the same. I mean, they, mm-hmm. uh, the, the money amounts are different from what they make, but the, the amount of uh, effort and professionalism is, is something Something that's common.
1: All right. So, um, website bjjfanatics.com, right? Yes. Any other yes. website that you want to plug or let people know about? What oh, that's about? Oh,
2: we have fanaticwrestling.com and uh, judofanatics.com. Cool.
1: Right on, Michael. Thank you so much for your time, man. Really. Appreciate-
2: thank you, Gustavo. Really great to talk to you, and I'm really a big fan of everything that you're doing.
1: Right on. And for all the listeners, stick around for my final thoughts. Us. Let me share with you my final thoughts from the interview with Jiu-Jitsu and Judo black belt Michael Zenga. If you're listening just to the final thoughts on Instagram at Gustavo Dantas BJJ, Michael is the co-founder of BJJ Fanatics, a premier source for instructional digital videos and DVDs in the world. I mentioned during the interview that it was the second time we talked about BJJ Fanatics in the podcast. The first time was on episode number six when I interviewed IBJJF Hall of Fame competitor Bernardo Faria, who is his business partner. Great episode. Check it out when you have a chance. He talked about the importance of customer service. He shared about his habit of being curious, which means always seeking knowledge. And my takeaway from the interview came when we talked about security in your professional career. He said... No one is just secure in a company because of the sake of being secure. You get security in your skills. If you're consistently working on your skills, it doesn't matter if you work for yourself or a company, which inspired me to title this episode, Sharpening Your Skills for Security. Let me ask you this. Who are some of the most influential people in your life? What lessons have they shared with you that made an impact on you? Most likely too many to count. In 2012, I met my public speaking mentor, Joe Weldon, who currently in 2019 is 78 years old. He is in the Hall of Fame of Public Speaking, very active speaker still, and coach of some of the best public speakers in the game. It was Joe who taught me a concept that is aligned with my takeaway. He said, Gustavo, there are three factors that will determine your success professionally and your financial security. Before I share the three words with you, I'd like you to imagine one of the fanciest restaurants that you have ever been to. The manager tells you, let me give you a tour of the restaurant. Let me show you our kitchen. Everything looks clean and nice, and you see one employee washing dishes, and you ask, is there a need for dishwashers in this restaurant? The manager says, absolutely. Then you ask, how good is this employee? Is he a good dishwasher? Does he have good skills? And he answers, yes, he's good. Okay, how hard would it be to replace this employee if he or she decides to leave? He answers, not hard at all. We can put an ad in tomorrow. We can have someone starting. Now we decided to ask about a different position, the chef. Is there a need for a chef in this restaurant? He answers, yes, this is an upscale restaurant. How good is the chef? Well, let me tell you, he went to a very well-known and respected culinary school, and he won several awards that help to bring more awareness to the restaurant and consequently more clients to us then you ask how easy would it be to replace the chef and if he or she decides to leave Eh, not that simple he's very good at what he does and we would have to find someone of the same caliber train the chef it would be a hassle we would not like this option You might be asking, Gustavo, what are the three factors that will determine your success professional and consequently, your financial security? Need, skills, and replacement. Think about your profession. Is there a need for what you do? How good are your skills? How difficult would it be to find someone with your resume and experience to replace you? As you can see, the combination of all three give you a better chance of you feeling secure professionally. Is it guaranteed that you won't lose your job? No. Is it guaranteed that your business will thrive? No, because things out of your control can happen at any time. However, the more competent you are in your profession, the better chance you have to be compensated well financially. Let's use MMA for example. Currently in 2019, in my opinion, Conor McGregor is the biggest MMA star in the world. Is there a need for MMA fighters in the UFC? Absolutely. I'm recording this at the end of September, and by the end of the year, the UFC will have promoted over 40 events. How good is he? Well, one of the best in the world. How easy would it be to replace him if he left to another MMA organization? Dana White probably would say, eh, this guy sells a lot of pay-per-views. He brings a lot of money to the company. Let's sit down and renegotiate his contract. The three factors again need, skills, and replacement. Have you ever heard of Kevin Shelley? No. He's in the Guinness World Records for most wooden toilet seats lids broken. Kevin broke 46 wooden toilet seats with his head in one minute on the set of the TV show The Guinness World Record in Germany on September 1st, 2007. Now, how good are Kevin's skills? Oh boy, no one can break wooden toilet seats like him. Is it replaceable? No way, the guy is insane. He was bleeding after he finished. Right on. Is there a need to entertain people breaking wooden toilet seats? Uh, no. As a result, he makes zero dollars. Is there any security on that gig? No. Again, the three factors must be there. Need, skills, and replacement. To wrap it up, Again, is there a need for what you do? If the answer is yes, sharpen your skills. Take it to another level. Invest in your knowledge. What is one thing, just one thing, that you could start today that would improve your skills? If you can do that consistently, you can make it difficult to replace you, and you can achieve the security you desire. Oohs.